What, what, what do you think about that? that, that, that? All right, Walk the Line fans, we are back. It is the month of December, and we are here at Impact Studios here at Michigan State University. My name is Dan Cryer, and with me again today is my very good friend, Brooks Lambier. How's it going, Cryer? Hey, good, man. Can you believe that we have only one week left in the semester? Can you believe it? It's, fl- it's time flies, man. It does. The, and like this year, we're at, like I said, first week of December already. We're in, we've had winter for a few weeks, so we are used to the cold. Yes. And, um, uh, but I tell you, I mean, it was, it's been a great 2014. You know, it started out with a Rose Bowl victory. It's been a great year. We've had a really fun football season here in Michigan State. We're going to talk about in one second. They defeated Penn State, so now they're 10 and 2. Things are good, but I'm going to just quickly ask Brooks. M- Michigan State, they, did they win their game last week in soccer? Yes, they did. They came back. Uh, and tied it up with 15 minutes left in the second half, and then they beat Washington and PKs. Beat P- beat Washington. So now the Michigan State Spartans men's soccer team is now hosting an Elite Eight game against Providence College on this Saturday, right? Correct, at noon. At noon, wow. And so just like I said last week, in a yes or no, do you think the Michigan State has what it takes to win? Yeah, I think they have a good advantage because they're at home. Yeah, I'd say so. And, you know, I, w- I, I came back last week and I saw the news report about, um, you know, Michigan State's 2-0 comeback to tie it. And that's good. So things are good here because the Michigan State Spartans football team finished 10-2, and which is the best that could have happened, you know. And it looks like a, a good bowl game is on the horizon. But we need to get through one more week of college football before we find out exactly where Michigan State's going to go. So that's what we're here to do on this week's Walk the Line. We're going to talk about NCAA football week 15, which I can't believe it. We're 15 weeks into the season. We're at the end. And then we're going to talk about a couple games for NFL week 14. So, um, but yeah, I mean, just give me your thoughts. Michigan State went to Penn State last week, started the game with a 7-0 off an R.J. Sheldon 90-yard kickoff return uh, en route to a 34-10 victory and a 10-2 record. So what did you think last week? Uh, I thought they could have played better, honestly. Um, you know, Connor Cook didn't look very good. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't look good in the pocket. He didn't throw the ball well. He made some really stupid decisions in the passing game. I mean, good thing the special teams played well and the defense played well. And defense played Langford very well. Langford ran all over the place. 30 carries for 118, mm-hmm. two touchdowns. Yep. Yeah. And, it, and you know, I, I wouldn't say he, – he was throwing a little behind, and I think that, like, we look bored is the way I would look at it. I mean, Michigan State is very good in my estimation. And, I mean, there was a 13-point spread, and the end of the first quarter was 13 nothing. 13-3 at halftime, and then Michigan State scored twice in the third quarter, 27-3, and basically just held them off at that point, easily covered the spread. So, I mean, I think it was just a, a team in Michigan State said, eh, we're bored, let's see, let's just get this victory and end our season nicely and see if we get it to what would be a BCS Bowl. Yeah, so. I don't know. I mean, Florida State looks bored with a lot of teams, but still, like, they, you know. I hear you. I, I mean, I I don't I don't think being bored is an it's it's, it's, it's not an excuse. A, yeah, I it's hear an you. Excuse. I mean, and it's hard for me to criticize a ten and two football team. That's all. Like I, I I know that we Michigan State had the Oregon game with the lead and the Ohio State game. I mean, people can go back and listen to past shows about how angry I was about that, but I made my peace with it right now. And, you know, Michigan State is not qualified for the Big Ten Championship. This week we're going to talk about Wisconsin playing against Ohio State. And so, I mean, it's just like Michigan State gets to sit back and, you know, the options are there for might, you know, I've seen an Orange Bowl possibly against a Georgia Tech or maybe like a, uh, you know, a Peach Bowl against Baylor or possibly a Fiesta Bowl against Boise State or something like that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. It's going to be fine. I mean, it's it's not the college football championship. There's there's we're going to talk about it this week. There's no chance Michigan State gets into the top 4. No. No chance. No, no, because like certain teams didn't lose or Michigan It's not know, going to happen. It's not going to happen. No, it's not. So, that dream is over. Reality sets in and the reality is it's going to be probably a December 31st bowl because that's when these games are mainly this year. And then so that'll be our New Year's Eve is watching Michigan State play in a good bowl. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And especially if you have one of the higher bowls that, that I think that's fine for Michigan. Yeah, State. it's it's good. And D'Antonio, like just we came so close and then we can look forward to next year because Oregon's going to come here. Michigan State's going to have to go to play at Ohio State and things like that. But it's going to be, you know, it. No, no problem with the 10-2 team. I just want to no. say that's my statement. And, and I'm with you. They never were perfect, but that boy, that's a nice thing to, to just train wreck a team like they did at Penn State. I mean, Penn State was never really in the game. No, I, and like we, I said last week, I, you know, when we did our show, Penn State's just not there. No, Offense Hackenberg isn't there. wasn't there. 
I mean, he doesn't have an offensive line. I mean, you can't throw the ball when you're getting hit so many times. You know, your body can only take so much. So, yeah. you know, I feel bad for Hackenberg because he's a good quarterback. But yeah, Penn State, just not there this year. All right, so let's move on just to recap last week because it was a very interesting week. And I think the most interesting thing uh, that wasn't Michigan State related was the Michigan Wolverines because everybody kind of knew that Brady Hoke, Brady Hoke was on the hook. Say that, yes. right? Brady Hoke was on the hook. Brady Hoke was on the hook. And the joke was almost on Ohio State because... The joke and the hook? What? Yeah, it was amazing. Michigan State, or excuse me, Michigan Wolverines really were hanging in there with Ohio State. So it, and it was tied at one point. What twenty one all? Twenty one all. They ran the ball. All, well. I think they ran the ball very well. Drake Johnson ran like I. I don't. I mean, oh, as you can see, Ohio State doesn't have a great defense, but right. Drake Johnson ran all over him. Right. And Dev, if Devin Gardner could could not throw in, you know, if he could complete some passes and right. not throw ints, they could actually maybe been more competitive in that game. Right, and I'm I'm pleased because I had uh, Michigan covering the 21 points, and uh, it was great. It was 42-21, and oh, Michigan went down, scored a meaningless touchdown at the end to make it 42-28, to and they covered. So I was happy about that. Like I had a great week. I was 6-7. for seven. Brooks was good 4-7 for seven in college. But um, it just it was funny. And then a couple days ago, then, the Jim Hackett, the interim athletic director at Michigan, uh, just he had to announce the inevitable, which is that Brady Hoke is being fired as Michigan's coach. So they got rid of him. So there's now a coaching vacancy in Ann Arbor, mm-hmm. and I, they finished 5-7. and seven. They are not bowl, bowl eligible. And, I mean, I, I guess I just enjoy it. I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm not cold-hearted that much, am I? But, I mean, come on. It's fun. Ha-ha. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, this, this is something we haven't seen in a very long time. And, you know, Michigan's been dominant 80s, 90s, early 2000s. It's true. It's just something, you know, that every, whether you're at the professional level, the collegiate level, it doesn't matter, high school level, teams go through ups and downs. Oh, definitely. You know, there's a big, there's always that you climb the hill and then you're going to fall on the hill eventually. Yeah. You know, look at the LA Lakers. Everyone's making a big deal out of that. Right. They're terrible this year. Yep. So, you know, it's something to be done. Bring a new coach, whether that's Harbaugh, Les Miles, yep, yep, whoever it may be, and but bring in someone that's good for the program, not that's going to hurt. And it. the weirdest thing, I mean, Michigan, there's no fear factor for teams because teams went into Ann Arbor and won this year. I mean, you know, Minnesota went there, Utah went there, and I mean, it's amazing to say Maryland, yeah, Maryland went there and won by seven, twenty-three to sixteen. It's amazing for me to say Michigan played great. And still lost by 14 points with a lucky touchdown at the end. I mean, they went and drove down for a meaningless mm-hmm. touchdown. 42-28, that was a great showing. And that's their season in a nutshell. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I mean, so... I guess Wisconsin can thank them for knocking out JT Barrett. Yes, and so that's exactly what I was going to say. And we're going to talk about Wisconsin and Ohio State in one second here. But yes, JT Barrett, broken ankle, had to be put an air cast, and he got carted off. And now Cardell... What's his name? Cardale Jones. Cardale Jones, who is technically would have been the third string quarterback, and he has had some action behind Braxton Miller last year. Yes, he did some cleanup work. Mm-hmm. He's going to be, you know, hit with the task of battling the Badgers. And and as you pointed out, and we're going to talk about this in, a, in just one second here. Um, I mean, Ohio State has given up points against Indiana, gave up points against Michigan, couldn't score. So this is problematic for Ohio State, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So we'll get to that in one second. So I just want to spin through the other big games from last week. Very quickly, my favorite game, because I'm from Champaign, Illinois, and I went to Northwestern undergrad, was Illinois at Northwestern. Just wanted to segue into Northwestern. Did not have their starting quarterback, Trevor Simeon. They didn't know what to do with Zach Oliver. Illinois caused four first-half turnovers. They won the game. I think it was like 47-33. So Illinois is going to a bowl, baby. They're going to, I think, go to the quick lane bowl against Virginia Tech in Ford Field. So, And and I'm an Illini fan. But they won the Cryer Bowl, though. The Cryer Bowl. And I was in Champaign watching it. And, you know, I... Northwestern kind of talks some smack. I still love Northwestern, but it was kind of funny to me to watch Illinois just go up there. And Riley O'Toole, the quarterback for Illinois, has played two consecutive great games for the first time in his career, and he's going to go to a bowl game, and he's a senior, so I'm happy for that guy. They were eight-point dogs, and they won by 14, and they were, they were up 26-7 at one point. So good job, Illinois. Moving on, Mississippi State. They crapped their pants. They yes, lost they badly. Talk about that. They lost to Ole Miss. I, I didn't watch the game, but I, when I saw the highlights of it, just ugh, just awful. Yep, just, they just, just that's it. So you know? they're out of it. So there's like they're I thought that they would win and stay in the top four. They did not do that. So they're irrelevant now. And they're not in the SEC championship, which we're gonna talk about soon, which is uh, Alabama and Missouri. So good for Missouri. They defeated Arkansas at home. Yeah, barely though. Yeah, they got in. And you know, you know, they're playing Alabama and we're gonna get to that in a second. Speaking of Alabama, they won the highest scoring Iron Bowl ever, fifty five to forty four, pretty much dominated by Amari Cooper. 
He looked great. And Auburn just doesn't have a defense. No, no, not a great defense this year. But Sammy Coates did very well. Yeah, so Alabama covered the 9.5 there. Um, And then Brooks and I, ding, 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 upset alert, we had it. Uh, Georgia Tech played great. They hung in there with the Georgia Bulldogs in Athens. They forced overtime, scored first to make it 30-24, to but missed the extra point. So I figured, well, I had I, you know I had Georgia Tech plus 12.5, but we did say on the show that Georgia Tech was going to win. Georgia's going in for a touchdown, and they threw an interception on first and goal, ending the game. So Georgia ends up with three losses. That's good for Michigan State because now Georgia's not going to be in the selection bowls. Mm-hmm. And Georgia Tech is, and that's a potential opponent for Michigan State in the bowl game. So mm-hmm. what do you just forecasting that briefly, what do you think? Because we'll talk about Georgia Tech in a second, but if Michigan State were to play Georgia Tech in like the Orange Bowl, would that be a good game, you think? Yeah, it'd be a tough game. Team that runs the ball very well against a defense that's been so so. Um, they, they they do well against the run, but you know, it'll be interesting to see. A, yeah. a running game against a, you know, the Michigan State with the offense that'll spread the ball around, but it can run the ball as well. Yep. And then the last week, then another uh, big game for Wisconsin. They didn't cover the spread, but they they defeated Minnesota. And Minnesota's a decent team, but Minnesota didn't have what it takes to win. They lost by ten points to um to Wisconsin. I'm almost guaranteeing that because it was like, and I that game went to sixteen points at kickoff. I was shocked about that. But Wisconsin won at home, and now Wisconsin plays Ohio State. So that basically sets up this week on Walk the Line. Uh, you know, we're looking at NCAA Week 15. We got some good games. I just would like to start, so off subject for a second, we're going to go out west because we're going to go chronological. So this game is going to be played Friday, December 5th. And this is a big, big game for the national college football you know, playoff. This is a big one. The Arizona Wildcats, who are coming in as a seventh-ranked team with two losses, they one of their victories this season was at Oregon, where they scored a late touchdown to break a 24-all tie. It was a Friday night game. This is a Friday night game coming up. Actually, it might have been a Thursday night game. Point is, it was a Thursday night. Thursday game. night game. The point is, Oregon now. This game is being held in technically Santa Clara, California, but that's where the 49ers play, Levi Stadium. So it's a neutral site, but this is closer to Oregon than mm-hmm. it is to to Tucson, Arizona. Oregon, a team that lost this year at home to Arizona is now minus 14 and a half against Arizona with an over-under of 73. So people are looking for a very high-scoring game. You know, we're talking like, you know, a 45-28 type game, something there. That's what they're thinking. So, I mean, I'll let you just go on this. Is 14 and a half too many points to give the Arizona Wildcats? On a neutral site, that's way too many points. Like, I'm sorry, if it was in Eugene, Oregon, okay, that's fine. But it's a neutral site. Fans are going to be... Yeah, Oregon may have more fans because, like you said, it's closer. But yeah. to neutral site, there's not a home field advantage, really. That 14 points is way too much for me. Well, here's the the one thing that comes to mind at just the top of my head was that last year, now this is the first time ever that the Pac-12 is going to have a neutral site championship game. Last year, Stanford played Arizona State, and the game was in Tempe. So I'm saying to myself, because at this point, you know, I'm saying, and I don't think Michigan State had made it to the Rose Bowl yet. You know, I, I just was looking, and I'm saying to myself, well, Stanford's going in to Arizona State, and Stanford was favored by like six or seven points. And I said, no way, no way. Stanford ended up winning that game 42-28 on the road. So the question I have is, we're here at the end of the season. This is when the horses are on the back stretch. You know, down the stretch they come. So the powerful horses are going to run faster at the end. So that's the reason the 14 and a half is interesting to me because people are saying, yeah, Arizona took them by surprise, but that surprise factor is gone now. So the question is, I mean, you know, here's an Arizona state or excuse me, here's an Arizona team who's been playing great. They just defeated two weeks ago, Utah, 42 to 10. And then last week they defeated Arizona state. So they're coming in hot. But Oregon has been blasting everybody, and they blasted Mario to look great in Corvallis against Oregon State. He's he's on his way to a Heisman Trophy if he wins this game. I'm almost going to guarantee it. I think it's his. So, I mean, just like, what is there a possibility, after all that yapping of mine, is there a possibility Oregon just blasts them by three touchdowns? Or I don't something? think Oregon's going to blast them by three touchdowns. I think Arizona's a very good team, and they're going to they're gonna keep it close. I mean, look at their receivers. They have three three great receivers. Caleb Jones, who is a transfer from the University of Texas. Okay. 63 receptions, 831 yards, eight touchdowns. Then they have Samaji Grant, 40 receptions, 645 yards, five touchdowns. Wow. And Austin Hill, 42 receptions, 586 yards, and four TDs. They spread the ball very well. I mean, yeah, the one guy has three more touchdowns than the other receiver and four more than the other one. 
but they can throw the ball. They have three good receivers, and that's what you need if you're going to be in a rich wide offense. And then not not to mention Solomon can also run as well. He's got uh, 108 carries for 282 yards. Uh, and then, you know, as a quarterback, he doesn't throw the ball well, a 58.2% completion percentage, not quite where you want to be, but he's a freshman. Yeah. You know, 27 touchdowns to seven interceptions, that's pretty good. Yeah. So if it's it's a Rich Rod team, the one that we've known at West Virginia, he's building the program there at Arizona. Why can't Arizona win? It's a good question. I mean, I'm looking at, you know, their, their last, they're, they're on a four-game winning streak ever since losing to UCLA at UCLA 17-7 in, in November 1st. They beat Colorado, Washington, Utah, and then Arizona State 42-35 last week. I mean, it's, it is funny when we're talking about, you know, Rich Rod, we're talking about Brady Hoke being fired. I mean, what they wouldn't give to have a 10-2 and two team with Rich Rod right now. Yeah, Pac-12 coach of the year, Isn't Rich Rod Isn't it funny? So I'm torn, though, because I'm going to make my pick here, and... Oregon is giving up 14 and a half points to a team that beat them. I mean, that's you just have to go with that and say, take the points. So I, I always say, take the points. This is two touchdowns, man. So the 73, I mean, yeah, you, as you can see, 42-35 last week against Arizona State. Uh, the, the Arizona Wildcats have a propensity to give up points, as I like to say. So I think this baby's going over 73, and I think they're going to they're gonna keep it close, but I don't think that Arizona wins this one. So I'm going to say that they lose 49-38 and this game goes over. So I think Oregon wins 49-30. And you know what? It's always weird with Oregon. So I'm going to say 48-39. I'm going to flip it. So I'm going to say Oregon 48-39. And they're not going to cover the the 14 and a half. So what do you got? I have the over, but I don't think Oregon's going to cover. Okay, good. But just I just had this feeling with Rich Rod. I just, I, I like the upset here. Wow. I just... Pac-12 coach of the year, and like I said, three good receivers. And if they beat him once, yeah. And Rich Rod's done this before, where he's taken young quarterbacks, and you just need to make the simple throws. If you can move the ball and get your team in good field position, and then win the special teams game, why not? So I'm going to say Arizona edges Oregon out, but I think it's going to go over the 73. Okay, this is going to be fantastic, and this is great. Like I said, it's a Friday night game too, so it's just interesting. So what do you got for a score? I think Arizona. Gets 45. Okay. I'm going to say Oregon gets 42. It's one by a field goal. There's going to be some field goals kicked, and there's going to have to be, but they just edge them out. So we agree. I mean, you went so far as to say Arizona's going to win. I don't have the guts to go that far. I think they're going to give them a good matchup, but I, I am a little scared because of last year's Pac-12 game where, like I said, Oregon could be going to the home stretch here and blast them like 59 to 25 or something like that. Well, they could. So we'll see. But neutral side, I think that just makes a heck of a difference. Well, and then the weird question is, I mean, when we're going to talk about all these other games where teams can lose. I mean, the top four as it stands right now in the college football playoff rankings is Alabama, Oregon second, TCU third, and Florida State fourth. If Arizona wins, They're does in the that hunt. put Ohio State in there? Does it? Yeah, it puts. I think that puts Arizona in there. It does because, because what if Florida State loses? Florida State's well, not played good and teams. Even if I mean, I just think you know because because JT Barrett's injured for Ohio State. I don't think they're going to beat Wisconsin. And if they do, then they deserve to jump up. But if Arizona can defeat Oregon twice in one year, because Oregon's been safely in the second, mm-hmm. third spot for a while, they have. I think that Arizona jumps up into the college football playoff. Yes, it's a lot to gain for them. Yes, and then like I said, and when we get talking our other game, but mm-hmm. what happens if? Georgia Tech beats Florida State, I who's know. played a weak schedule. It's crazy. Because, I mean, why why, why not take a two-loss team that's played a better schedule in yeah, the Pac-12? Baylor's right up there. Can you imagine if two two Big 12 teams, and there's no Big 12 championship game? Yeah. Like this week, the all these teams, you know, yes, we're going to talk about Kansas State and uh, and Baylor, but really that's just the luck of the draw that those two are playing in highly ranked. Because, yeah. you know, TCU gets the cruise, and they're not going to have to play a conference championship game, but there could be a possibility that two Big 12 teams end up in the college football championship, but that just make me feel sick to my stomach. <laughs> so, okay, we got our scores there. So now let's go to Saturday, December 6th, all right? Now we're talking conference championships here. We're talking Big Ten championship. Michigan State fans know this well. It's going to be in Lucas Oil Stadium. Michigan State played there, uh, I guess it would be three years ago and one year ago. This year it's going to be Wisconsin going in minus four, favored, uh, over Ohio State. Ohio State, as we've said a couple times already, they're starting Cardell Jones because they got no other quarterbacks to start. And JT Barrett's got a broken ankle, and Braxton Miller's got a messed up shoulder. So the over under is 52, and Ohio State loves giving up points to teams like Indiana and Michigan. So is Melvin Gordon and, and company going to just run through Ohio State? Yeah, I think they can. I think 
So what the four, Wisconsin favored by four? Yeah, Wisconsin by four, over and under fifty two and a half. I guess would rolling them be ten points? I think they can win by ten or two touchdowns. I think I think you're right because I just don't think with J T. Baird and then Braxton Miller gone, I just and the suspect defense of Ohio State. I mean, Urban Meyer is a great coach. If Urban Meyer pulls this off, he is one of the like. I I agree. He is one of the best, not the best, or one or the top two or three coaches in the in college football. Because it, it it'll it'll show how how much like how great of a chess master he is. Because you can yes. just put in a new quarterback. Because I I saw him build up J T. Barrett this season. You know, from the Virginia Tech where they had lots of turnovers, and then he just kept getting better and better and better and more comfortable. And you, you he was indiscernible from Braxton Miller. At the point of the end of the season here, where he got his ankle broken, mm-hmm. is this Magic Man Urban Meyer going to be able to take Cardell Jones and turn him into this in one week? I don't think it's possible. I, I think anything's possible with Urban Meyer. I mean, he he won at Utah, he won at Florida. I think any, I think it's, it's possible. totally possible. So I went first last time. I Wisconsin, we know about. I mean, they got they're 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 just a running powerful running game team. It's yeah. going to be an indoor game and. I'm just going to say, I mean, you look at Ohio State, they give up points. So here's a team in Wisconsin that can, you know, run clock and, and play D against a backup quarterback, a, basically a backup backup quarterback. So why don't you give me a score here? Wisconsin minus four, over under 52 and a half. As much as I talked about how Urban Meyer could possibly, you know, is a great coach and pro- he, he's, he's a top five coach in college football. But I just don't think, like you said, with the week, he has with Cardell Jones. It's tough. Cardell Jones is in JT Barrett. He's 250 pounds. He's more of a third down quarterback, you know, goal line. Let's run you up the middle. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think they can pull that off. So I'm going to say Wisconsin wins this game. I say this game, to me, stays under. Okay. 52 and a half. All right. Uh, I just don't think Ohio State scores a lot of points. Okay. I'll say Wisconsin wins this game 28. We'll give Ohio State yeah, 14. 28-14. And that's, I mean, that would be, I would assume, you know, like, you'd just be like, that's a, a dud of a game because yeah. Ohio State just didn't have it with Cardell Jones. Yeah. And, like, really, that's just be a dominating game for Wisconsin. I completely agree with you on the spread. I have Wisconsin, go. I have it going over just because Ohio State plays quick and doesn't have the best defense. So I have Wisconsin winning 38-24 in a game that goes very high over, you know, goes over by almost 10 points on the 52 and a half. And I just I think Wisconsin takes this and they're not anywhere near the college football rankings. It knocks Ohio State basically into, you know, there's a very good chance that Michigan State, Ohio State and Wisconsin will all go to these selection bowls. Yes. So I'm pretty sure Wisconsin will end up in something like the, you know, Cotton Bowl or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or Peach Bowl or something. Yeah, yeah, and that'll be great for them and they can say that they're Big 10 champions, but Last year was a legit Big Ten championship for Michigan State because Michigan State battled Braxton Miller and went to the Rose Bowl mm-hmm. legitimately. It's not that legitimate to beat a third-string quarterback. I, I, you saw what happened with Illinois playing, you know, uh, Northwestern's backup. It's just you when you it, you fall off so much. So yes. yeah, they'll take it, but I, it's going to have to have a little asterisk near it. And really, with JT Barrett, I think they would have probably deserved to get into the call, the top four. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll see. I mean, maybe they would have been left out. But uh, interesting. But we do agree Wisconsin's going to win this one on the neutral field in Indianapolis. So, all right. Let's move now from Indianapolis down to Georgia, to the Georgia Dome, where the Peach Bowl is going to be, and possibly Michigan State's going to play there soon. Yes. Missouri, as we said, they won the SEC East. They they were 7-1 and one in the conference. They finished 10-2. and two. So great season for, for the Missouri Tigers. And once again, they're in the SEC championship game. And now they're playing, instead of Auburn, they're going to play Alabama. Alabama, we said they trucked Auburn in the Iron Bowl. They're looking strong. Here's another 14.5 point spread. And it's neutral, yes, but we're talking the difference between Tuscaloosa to, Alab- to, to Atlanta and Columbia, Missouri to Atlanta. This is going to be a home game for the, for the Crimson Tide, man. And Missouri's, they hang in there, but they beat teams like Tennessee and they beat teams like Arkansas. I don't I mean, know. But Arkansas man. gave both these teams very good games. True. Arkansas very much. Brett Bielema turned them around. But yeah. now we're talking, like I said, with Oregon. This is a horse down the stretch in in the in the pole position. I don't think Alabama's going to mess around at all with Missouri. I think that's going to be a, a butt kicking, a whooping. And the over is 49. I'm sorry. This game's going over. This is a butt kicking. 
It's going to be just like Auburn trucking them last year. And so I, I'm just going to quickly go, because I don't even think it's that interesting of a game. So I think that Alabama's going to win by 22 points. I'm just going to randomly say something. I'm going to go 42-20 in a game that goes to uh, 62 points. So Alabama 42-20. And Missouri, great season, 10-3. and They'll get to go to a good bowl game. But uh, Alabama's on their way to being the number one overall team, as they probably should be. You know? now, now, what would you have picked? To go over if the Auburn game and Bama game had been low, sco- right. low scoring no. and closer? No, because last week I was I said 33-7, to 7 and I was shocked by how many points were put up on the board. And it was just such an exciting atmosphere there. And now, but you can see, Alabama, Blake Sims can throw to Amari Cooper over the top anytime he wants, man. Amari Cooper looks like an NFL ready every time he's he, he lines up. He can just make a move on you, come under, or just explode down the field. So... Amari Cooper, man, he's gonna have two, three, four touchdowns against Missouri. Yeah, no, so. I, I think I agree with you on this one. Okay. I don't think, I don't know if I don't think Alabama is the team where it's not Oregon where we're gonna put up a lot of points okay. all, all the time. I think this game stays under. All right, but I think you know Alabama at least will win by. I don't know if they'll. It's fourteen and a half. Do you think they're going to cover? I mean, this... I'm going to say they. They. I'm going to say they don't cover. I'm going right. to say they win by two touchdowns. All right, great. Because if you look at this, like Matty Mock, he throw. He's thrown for two thousand two hundred seventy nine yards. Pretty good. But his completion percentage is fifty three and a half, which is not good. Twenty two TDs, eleven I, eleven right. INTs. Yeah. They run the ball well with Russell Hansbro, hundred seventy seven carries, nine hundred forty nine yards, and you know he has a uh, two receivers, Hunt and Sasser, nine. Sastra has nine TDs, Hunt has seven. So he spreads the ball around. But when I watched him play Arkansas, yeah. there were just times when Missouri looked like they just couldn't move the ball, which Arkansas is a good team. They're a lot better, but they're not in Alabama. They were trailing 14-3. They ended up winning 21-14. They, so they had to come back in that one. They did. They had to come back. I just don't think Matty Mock and Missouri have what it takes. Uh I just don't think anyone from the East, if they were going to play Bama or Mississippi State or whatever, had the chance to beat the SEC West team. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to say Alabama wins this game. Okay. I'll say 28. I'll give uh, Missouri 14. All right. So, so that's exactly score of the day. Yeah. Actually, the 14, yeah. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. And, I mean, the, you know, Missouri's on a six-game winning streak. I'm looking here. They lost a 34 nothing home game to Georgia back on October 11th and haven't lost since. You know, they went to Florida and blew up Florida. They beat Texas A&M. They came back in the second half against Tennessee and Arkansas. So, I mean, I just think Alabama's going to get out ahead of them and stay out ahead of them. Well, they, of course they will. So Maybe I mean, they'll get it somewhere, second quarter touchdown, maybe like a third or fourth quarter touchdown. That's what I'm thinking with the 14 points. Yeah, I, I just, you know, it's just going to be one of those games where Alabama wins it. And the, the 14 half, it's going to be right around there. I mean, like I have the 22, just I, I'm, I'm feeling comfortable that Alabama is going to assert its dominance. So, I mean, it's an interesting game. I'm looking at what time is that starts. A 4 p.m. starts on CBS, of course. Mm-hmm. So, all right, an 8 p.m. start. Very interesting game to me. Very, very interesting. We have the 12-0 and Florida State Seminoles, and as Brooks pointed out, they just kind of just go barely and they win the game. They don't play great. Once again, last week they played Florida. They were down 9 nothing. Jameis is throwing third pick of the half. What does lucky Florida State do? Tip, interception, pick six. Now it's 9-7. Game completely changed on that one play. And Florida State comes back. They win, I think it was like 26-21. to This is the final score in my mind. Let me double-check that right now. 24-19. So it was just an ugly game. Ended up getting Will Muschamp, who was already fired. Mm-hmm. Just They're like, see you later, man. They already hired a new coach. Yeah, they're like, we like the guy from Colorado State. Yeah, Wingo. Okay. Like, we'll see how that works out for them. But, you know, Jameis got it done 12 times. And sometimes he looks like he's hobbling around. But here's Georgia Tech, who went into Athens in a non-conference game and beat an SEC team last week. Georgia Tech is a good, good team, and they are now. It's not a big spread. So this one is being played. So this is your ACC championship, and this is being played in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's the Dr. Pepper ACC championship game. And Florida State's now dropped to fourth in the rankings, which I think is a little preposterous. I think if you win, you win. That's my opinion. I don't know about dropping them below TCU. Nah. I, I think I think they should be at three and play Oregon in the two three game. Yeah, that, that's just how I feel. I, mean, I I don't feel the same. Right, way. So this is why you have committees. I this don't feel the same way because it's the strength of schedule matters. But this is the game because they're not going to be able to sneak away from Georgia Tech here. Okay, and it's four and a half. Florida State's minus four and a half. 
And I mean, it's just one of those things where over under 51, so it's not looking to be the highest score. Like I said, it was 24-19 against the Florida Gators last week. So, I mean, I really just expect this to be another game where Georgia Tech's leading, you know, 20-17, to and Jameis goes down and gets a touchdown drive and wins, I'm going to say, 24-20 at the end. They don't cover. It stays under. Florida State's undefeated now, 13-0, and I think they should go up to number three in the rankings. I just that's, that's what I think. So you just can't beat Jameis, man. You cannot beat him. He's going to just keep winning and winning, and I'm looking forward to seeing a Jameis versus Alabama final game in the first ever championship playoff or championship title game. So I'm going 24-20 FSU just because you can't beat Jameis. So what do you think about that? I think Jameis beats himself this week. Wow. Yes, he beats himself. How many mistakes can you make? How many interceptions can you throw? <laughs> you know, everyone's saying how he was an NFL already. He's not. Maybe, I think he should, honest opinion, he should go play baseball. Wow. He's, I think he's a better baseball player. <laughs> uh-huh. He's, he's better suited to play center field in the pitch. He's not a quarterback. Cool. He's just an, a- he's an athlete that has an arm. That's all he is. He makes bad decisions. He's, he's not a great He definitely does make some off the field bad decisions yeah. too. So that's yes, true. He does t- two very stupid things. Yes. I think Georgia Tech can win this game. Wow. I've been waiting all year for Florida State to lose, and I think this is the week they do because this is not the Florida State team of last year. They don't have the defense they have like last year. They've just gotten past teams. It's time for them and their mistakes to go down. It's time for them to lose a game and to possibly – Maybe a one-loss Florida State team. That's the not, just not make not I was make just the playoff. Ask you this, not make the okay. playoff. Yes. Okay. So you have Georgia Tech winning. The over is fifty-one. Yes. Why don't you give me the winning score for the? I Yellow think Jackets? this is it's going to stay under the fifty-one. Okay. It's going to stay under the fifty-one. I'm going to say the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets win this game, twenty-eight, twenty-four. Wow, that would just be a big, big time shocker. And I mean, I'm going from my own life experience. I've seen teams like Florida State that barely do enough and just keep barely doing enough. And that's why I said it's really going to have to come come down in my mind to Florida State playing Alabama for the whole shebang, you know, or what what might be a Sugar Bowl. So now Georgia Tech doesn't have their leading wide receiver because he tore his ACL. Ah, so that that is a little bit of a concern, right? But if they can, if Georgia Tech can run the ball like I know they can in that option offense, I think they'll be fine. This is interesting because here's the thing. Now, Brooks brought a point because I'm looking at the rankings right now. Alabama, Oregon, TCU. And that seems to be, you know, those are solid. Now, Oregon, Brooks picked Arizona to win. And that, I think, will jump Arizona up into the top four. But if Florida State loses and Ohio State loses, and then we'll talk about Kansas Baylor first, Kansas State Baylor. And Kansas State beats Baylor. Does that put Kansas State above Michigan State? Like, how how can Michigan State get into the fourth, number four here? I mean, if if you say Oregon loses, Florida State loses, Ohio State loses, and Baylor loses, you know, I mean, I'm just saying it's. I don't think it's. I don't think it's possible for Michigan State to possibly get in there. But no, we can dream. I don't know. We can. I don't know. But yeah, I, I hear you. And, and and you know, Georgia Tech that would put them at eleven and two. You know, right now Georgia Tech is sitting at number eleven overall. You would say, does that vault Georgia Tech into the top four? I mean, I have no idea what will happen if these upsets that you're predicting happen. The committee's gonna have if these upsets happen, the, the, the games I picked, the committee's gonna have a lot on their hands and they're gonna make some fans and some schools very furious. mad. It's gonna be crazy. So then I guess the only relevant game to finish off with is Kansas State. This is not a championship game or anything. The Kansas State Wildcats are going into Waco, Texas, so it's just a regular home game on December sixth for the Baylor Bears and Bryce Petty over under sixty seven. Is Bryce Petty playing? Because he had a concussion last I game. I almost guarantee he's playing. I think man. they said he is playing. Because they're minus seven and a half. Yeah. It wouldn't be minus seven and a half True. if Petty, Petty weren't playing. True. So it just seems like a lot of points to be given, you know, Kansas State, who's pretty highly ranked. And it's, I don't know, man. I, I like Baylor, but this is a good Kansas State team, you know? No, they're very good defensively. They've always been a good defensive team. I just, they're, you're going to Baylor. Like, yeah. You're going, Baylor plays well at Baylor. You know, you should play well at home, you know? All right. Well, there's a chance then Baylor can jump up into the top four. So do you, what do you think? They're going to cover the seven and a half over under 67? I, mean, I, I just, just think if Bryce Petty's playing, they're going to cover the seven and a half. Okay. It's too it's too of an explosive offense, too much of an explosive offense. Okay. Bryce Petty you, whips the ball around. He does. He does. So is it going to go over the 67 then? I don't think it goes. I'm going to say no. It doesn't no? go over the 67. Interesting. I'll say Baylor wins the game 35. Okay. And I like to say Kansas State, 28. 
Thirty-five twenty-eight. So you don't have them covering the seven and a half. Then. No. All right. So we we're we're both in agreeing then. Okay. So thirty-five twenty-eight puts it at sixty-three points. I have thirty-eight thirty-five. Baylor winning by a field goal, and um, I just I understand that Baylor beat TCU, but that was at Baylor and TCU had the lead. I think TCU is deservedly in the top four after what I've seen. Yes. TCU is going to play like Iowa State or something this weekend, and they're just yeah, they're going to Iowa State. Them. They're going to annihilate them. Yeah, they're a huge favorite. So anyway, I just you can look at TCU going eleven and one, finishing eight and one in conference, and being in the in the top four. So it's it's interesting. I mean, like a million times over, I'm going to wish and wish and wish and wish that Michigan State was relevant. And, and had a possibility of getting in here because I'd love to see what Michigan State could do, you know, in a neutral championship game like this. But I just unfortunately don't think it's going to happen, man. I it's think not. that it's over. So, hey, but it's been a great football season. And we'll, and then on December 7th, then I believe that's when the final college football rankings will be uh, mm-hmm. revealed to the nation. So, but we'll see. I'm, I'm hoping for lots of upsets just to make it interesting. But uh, you never know. All right, let's spin through NFL Week 14. We have some, uh, just I put down uh, just a few quick games to go through. We're at the point of the season where things are kind of settling out where they should be for a lot of teams. You know, we've seen we've seen the Arizona Cardinals lose a couple in a row. They lost to the you know Atlanta Falcons. You know, we see teams like Seattle starting to play well. They have two consecutive 19 to three victories. They beat the 49ers and embarrassed them on Thanksgiving night. You know, the, the owner was tweeting out this is unacceptable and stuff like that. And the daughter of the owner was tweeting out about the, the, the office of coordinator stinks and stuff. It's funny. But the, you're just discounting the fact you're, or you're ignoring the fact that Seattle's defense is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, we'll talk about Seattle in a second. But we're in the state of Michigan. Quickly, I'll talk about the Lions. They were down 14-3 to to the Bears on Thanksgiving. And then they flipped the switch. Megatron went nuts, caught everything near him. And they comfortably won. I think it was 34-17. to now they have the Buccaneers coming in, and the Buccaneers have been playing okay for them. They lost a game last week against Cincinnati where they were up, they were down like 14-13 or something like that. They had 12 men on the field. It was embarrassing for Lovey Smith because they had to go to review, replay. So Tampa Bay's terrible. They're like 2-10 and 10 or something like that. So Tampa Bay's going to Detroit, getting 9.5 points. The Lions are 9.5 point favorites. Over-under is only 42, so it's a ridiculously low over-under. It's 1 p.m. game. Point blank, yes, the, the Lions have to win this, right? Or else they should just stop playing football. Yeah. I mean, earlier in the season, I did pick the Buccaneers over the Steelers. That's what, and this is another Cryer remembers one. that. I remember. And, and yeah. the Steelers lost to the Saints last week because the Steelers do that. They lost to the Jets, the Saints, and the Buccaneers. But the question is, everybody in Detroit, I guarantee a Lions fan, I'm not a Lions fan, they are frightened about this game. Who's, is, is Josh McGowan starting again? I don't think it matters. It's just... Are the Lions going to break? Because every Lions fan I ever talked to, they were worried about the Bears, and it was 14-3. They were frightened. But now they're 9.5-point favorites against the Tampa Bay team, who's not very good. And is this the game that Tampa Bay wrecks Detroit's season? Because Green Bay's running away with the division, basically. I I mean, I don't know. I just don't think Tampa Bay... You know, because, what's his name, Garrett? No, not Garrett Gilbert. Um, All I know is they have Mike Evans. You throw the ball up to them for Tampa Bay. Mike Evans from Texas A&M, you know, he was there for Johnny Manziel. Yes. He's great. He's a very, very, very good NFL receiver. He should be all pro. He should make the Pro Bowl. Blah, blah, blah. Otherwise, I mean, I'm I'm not seeing much from Tampa Bay. Uh, But that's what's scary. And I think that this game, I'm going to come out and say, this game's going to be closer than nine and a half. This is going to be a scary, scary game for the Lions fans. They're going to freak out. Yeah. Oh, Mike Glennon's his name. Mike Glennon. Okay. Yes. Very forgettable. Maybe if Mike Glennon plays, like I said, he was the other time against Pittsburgh, that they were going to go in and win. But if you're McCown's still starting, I don't think, you know, there, there's a quarterback situation that needs to be dealt with there. You know, you drafted Mike Glennon for a reason. Let the kid play. He's already played last year. He's played some this year. But I think Detroit's just too hot right now. They are pretty hot. They are. Okay. So can they cover the nine and a half? I say they cover the nine and a half. I All say right. they win. They win by ten. Give me a score. I'm gonna say Detroit wins this game. Give them twenty-eight to seventeen. All right, that sounds perfect, and that that takes it over. That puts it to forty-five points. So I'm gonna be just realistic here. You're right. Detroit is hot, and Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. But there's just something worrisome about this game, and I don't think the Buccaneers are gonna win the game. But I do think that they're going to keep it close, like they kept it with Cincinnati. And granted, that game was in Tampa Bay. I think that the Detroit Lions are going to win seventeen to thirteen. 
and it's just a game that they they just absolutely must have. They're eight and four. They're five and one at home. The Lions are. The Buccaneers are two and ten, but both of their wins are on the road. So I'm. Um, I just think it's going to be closer than people expect. But the Green Bay Packers are nine and zero. Excuse me, nine and three and six and zero at home, and they're hosting Atlanta on Monday night. So I think you can count on the Packers going to ten and three, maybe eleven three, twelve and three, thirteen three. Like Aaron Rodgers is going to be MVP. Yes. So the Lions just have to have this game to to catch the other the other wild card. They, yeah, they, they, they they're not going to win the division, so they need like like you said, they need to. It just has to happen. So all right, so I'm going to say seventeen thirteen. Brooks, you have twenty eight seventeen. All right, interesting. All right, we were talking about Seattle and their vaunted, uh, you know, defense. Two consecutive nineteen to three wins. That's that's a funny NFL butt kicking right there. Nineteen to three because they're switching it on at the right time, and they're facing. They're now traveling to the East Coast for a four p.m. game. So it's interesting because it's one of those marquee games. You know what I mean? That they that even though it's East Coast and it's mm-hmm. going to be dark, it's going to be on Fox. So Seattle is going in. Eagles went on Thanksgiving to Dallas and they won. crushed Dallas. 33-10. to 10. Yes. Mark Sanchez looked amazing. So, I tell him, you put him in a decent offense, he can play well. This is So this is the, I think this is the greatest game of the week. Just, it's so cool to me. Yeah. So Seattle coming off two games against Chip Kelly offense, McGee. It's amazing. So Philadelphia minus one at home, over under 40 and a half. But you got the Seahawks now playing Super Bowl type, type football as a team. So what are you thinking about this one? Boy, this one's a toss-up. I know. Because good defensive battle against San Francisco, and then you have the Eagles who have played well, but they've had their times when they've looked really, really bad. Yeah, like Green Bay they just put a can't lot move the of ball. points up on them. Where they just can't move the ball, and they, you know, there's been times I think you predicted, I like the over for the Eagles, but they just can't put up enough points. You I know? know. I, it's in Philadelphia, and it's probably going to be cold. <laughs> But Seattle is not. Uh, this is going to be a weather and like time zone factor for me for some reason. And and Philadelphia has not lost at home this season yet. No, and they have some good home wins. I mean, they put up a lot of points against um, you know the the Titans last time. That's not saying much. And then the Carolina Panthers. But they beat you know they beat teams like the Giants twenty seven nothing. They beat the Rams thirty four twenty eight. So I I don't know. Their losses this season have come at the hands at San Francisco at Arizona Cardinals. And at Green Bay Packers, which are all three very good teams, very good teams, yeah. And now you got because so as you can see, like they're playing the NFC West here in all the teams. So they've already played San Francisco, they've already played St. Louis, you know, and now they got to play the, the the Seattle Seahawks. So I don't know, man. This is a definitely tough one, man. It is. Gosh. I forty eight and a half for the over under. Okay, so I'm just using li- like logic here. Okay, I'm gonna say. This this reverts me back to when the men's soccer team, okay. Michigan State, when Washington had to come all the way to Michigan, and with the true, with the difference of time, time zone, zones, yeah, the time zone and the weather are big factors. Okay, now even though they're NFL players and they probably played in a lot of no, cold I weather, hear you, though, I think Philadelphia does win this game. Okay, and I think they cover because why? Because that's yeah. the only way they can. Yeah, basically, that's the only yeah, way they're they going to push or cover. Point. I agree. I agree uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, I'll say Philadelphia just edges out. Seattle by a field goal. Okay, I'm thinking this game stays under the 45 and a, 48 and a half as well because with the Seattle defense. So I'll say Philadelphia wins this game, 28, 25, 28 to 25. Okay, so that's that's 43 points combined, 53 points, excuse me, combined. Dang it, I went over. Okay, do you want to give another one then? No, that's fine. You want to stick with it going over? Yeah, you really sure. think that's fine? Yeah. yeah, you can tell I can't even add today. So yeah, all right. So 28, 25. Because I, I was I was typing in your score and mine at the same time, uh-huh. you know I have it at forty three points, and that nineteen is just that that numbers that means that you're kicking butt and doing something right. But yeah. I have Seattle on going more than that. I have Seattle winning twenty four to nineteen. Okay, so I have Seattle going in and beating. And yes, the time change is a huge deal, but it's a four p.m. game. So if it were if it were a one one a.m. one p.m. game, it would have been ten a.m. for <laughs> Seattle people. Well, yeah, that, that's what it'll feel like. But, uh, you know, Seattle's going to have time to adjust. It's, and, like, it's going to be that Super Bowl atmosphere. And don't forget, they won the Super Bowl outdoors in the cold. They did. And they're starting to remember it. They did. So that's what I think. I think the champion is rising True. again. And I've been saying for week one, we can go. you can go check it out. I said, Pete Carroll's going to repeat as champions. I firmly believe that now. I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers. 
Yeah. I think Seattle's going to do it. I'm sorry. Wow. I just I had this feeling Seattle's figured it out. When I saw them win two weeks in a row, 19 to three, they're turning it on. Yeah. So we'll see. I know Brooks is making a. I don't think so. Cry her yeah. face, but yeah. we'll we'll see. I'm really thinking Seattle's doing it. So you have Philly winning 28 25. And going over with the with it with the cover, obviously, mm-hmm. I have Seattle upsetting them twenty four nineteen, keeping it under. And I cannot wait. That's a game I just will love. I guarantee that'll be nationally televised. You know, you're gonna have Troy Aikman there, Jack Joe Buck. So it's gonna be great. All right, here's a game very quickly. It's a pick'em, and we have very rare pick'ems where there's a zero point spread. So it's just straight up pick. Kansas City oh, didn't I can't look push good. a game for once. Yeah, <laughs> unless they tie. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. But here's the thing. Kansas City's going to Arizona. Arizona, Drew Stanton have stalled out. They've lost two in a row. They lost to Sam. They lost to Seattle. Then they lost to Atlanta. If you put them together, it's called Santa. Okay. <laughs> but Kansas City, on the other hand, pooped their pants at home against uh, the Broncos. Couldn't stop Peyton Manning in the first half. They got tricked by a fake punt. Didn't show up. I'm I'm mad. I'm a Kansas City fan. Kansas City over under here is forty point five. It's expected to be very low. Arizona doesn't know what they're doing. KC just has to have it because they're melting down and they're going to eventually host San Diego. So KC needs this game. So I'm going to just quickly come out and say KC goes into Arizona and does win the game. It's going to be ugly, but I'm going to say KC wins 16-13 on the road in a game that stays under. Wow. Yeah, 16-13. Very low, disgusting game. I don't even know if I want to watch it. I'll check it out for a second. Arizona just too good at home. Yeah. I just don't think Arizona is going to lose at home. Okay. So I think Arizona wins this game in a game that stays under. Okay. I'll say 21-14. And I could see that. I mean, it's not the most compelling games. I just feel like Arizona's on the downswing now. I think, you know, Seattle's going to end up winning that division. And just losing Carson Palmer, I know Stanton's capable, but you're seeing the same thing with Hoyer and Cleveland. Not really a huge upside. So... Anyway, I'm just—it's not the most compelling game in the world. I just wanted to put it on because it's a close game and it—it it, it has some playoff ramifications. So that's just the thing. True. Now, the, the final game on our list and the final game for Walk the Line this week is the 8 p.m. game, and I believe that probably NBC chose pick and chose this one if, <laughs> if they didn't have it already. But it's the New England Patriots who did lose last week to the Green Bay Packers. That game was the 26-21 game, very low scoring second half there. But uh, now. New England stays on the road, but they get to go to a nicer climate. They're down in San Diego, and the Chargers had a miraculous comeback. It was like Phillip Rivers is just doing what he always does at the end of the season. They were down basically 13 points to the Ravens, and Rivers scored, got the ball back. They were back down 10, scored, they gave up a field goal, and then got the ball back, and you do not give Phillip Rivers the ball with two minutes or less because he's going to go down and score. So San Diego's doing what they always do every year, which is play great at the end. So San Diego is now underdogs at home, three and a half point underdogs. So the Patriots are favored minus three and a half over under fifty one. I'll let you pick first on this one. Tough, tough game here because you got Patriots looking like the best team in the AFC going to a team that did what they do by beating the Detroit uh, by beating the Baltimore Ravens last week in a miraculous fashion. That's what San Diego does. So what do you think about this one? I mean, I like New England in this game because okay. l- listen, there are bad losses and good losses. Going into Green Bay and how they played, that was a good loss. Yeah. They hung in there. Certain things went different differently. They could have won that game. I agree. I like New England in this game. Okay. So I'll say the Patriots win this game, and they cover. Okay. I'll say the Patriots win this game 28-21. 28-21. And we've seen the Patriots at this point. We know what's going to happen. They got the Edelmans. They got receiver, or excuse me, uh, running back X. Doesn't matter. Who's there? And then you got the Gronk. The Gronkmeister does what he does. He goes over the middle, he takes it, and then he smashes people like he he and J.J. Watt are related. Because <laughs> J.J. Watt is fantastic now. I mean, you saw J.J. Watt caught another touchdown pass for the Texans. Yes. Scooped, scooped a uh, fumble that he caused. I feel like Gronk is a game changer. Gronk smash. Gronk, Gronk, Gronk does good. <laughs> and, but I just, I'm telling you, Philip Rivers did something last week that I didn't think was existing in their team this year, and it totally is. It's this intangible factor. And the guy's going to be down six in this game again, too, or four, or two, or one. I don't know. So right away I say take the points and then see what happens. But, yes, this is a great compelling match. If you've got Tom Brady with Gronk, and that's a great combination because everybody else opens up after that on, on the team. Going into San Diego, doing what they doing, they do. Gates is there for Rivers. 
You know, I think they, I don't even know, is it Ryan Matthews? Who cares who the running back is? Yes, Ryan Matthews. Yeah. But I just am saying, intangibles take over. So does Phillip Rivers. I despise them because I'm a KC fan. They're in the same division. And it scares me because Rivers does this. And he did it last year and got them into the playoffs. This is a game that San Diego shocks and wins. I'm going to say that it's going to be uh, over-under is 51. So if I said 27-24, that would be wrong. I'm going to say that San Diego wins this one 31-27. I think it's going to take a touchdown, not a field goal, to okay. win. I, I got San Diego 31-27. They're going to upset the Patriots. And uh, the Patriots are going to be just fine. But for now, I think that that's just a, a game that you can I, – I, 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 I say take the points and see what happens. I'll be shocked if, if San Diego – switches the switch off now that it's on because i mean they need it they need all the victories they can get there at eight and four patriots are nine and three but the chargers are five and one at home this season so how could you pay against the flow we'll see man with his little he gets to wear his little ski cap with the little beanie ball up top and yeah with his stubble and all the girls oh tom brady yeah all well, the boston girls tom brady oh tom lost tom. To tom anyway whatever i'm sick of the patriots and i'm f- Feeling that we're going to be forced to seeing seeing them in a Super Bowl again. <laughs> anyway, whatever. <laughs> that said, I just am happy mood. It's a good weekend of football coming. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to think about the Patriots in the Super Bowl. But we have really, really great conference matchups to look forward to here. Michigan State's on the shelf now till December 31st. So you know that's a good three weeks to recuperate, get the team practices, get them ready to go, and probably to a peach, yeah, like peach bowl, or excuse me, or uh, I guess it would be peach bowl, orange bowl, fiesta yes, bowl, bowl, something like that. So, you know, all in all, Some Antonio, bowl of fruit. Something. Something's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. It'll be fun. And we'll get some swag. We'll have some t-shirts and some stickers here that say you know, 2014 peach bowl. And it's funny because, you know, we, we want to say 2015, but most of these games, like I said, I think are December 31st this, this year. Mm-hmm. So... Cool. Well, you know, I I wish we were talking away from Michigan State to get into the Final Four, but I don't think it's going to happen. No. Nope. So it is what it is. I will look forward to it. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna check Wisconsin out, see if they can bust Ohio State because I do want to see Urban Meyer lose again. So I don't know, man. Anything else you'd like to say before we get out of here? I'm hoping my up, my upset picks go through. I haven't been doing I've been doing all right these past couple of weeks, but I'm really hoping for another good week. You pick some upsets to win. And for Brooks' sake, I hope that the Michigan State soccer team, the men's soccer team, defeats Providence. Yes. I know Brooks is looking forward to that on Saturday. So, you know, that game's a noon kickoff, correct here? Mm-hmm. Noon. All right. So let's go Spartans. Let's go Sparty. Let's beat the Friars. Let's fry them. Yeah. Let's not fall down 2 nothing. I don't think we can come back two weeks in a row 2 nothing. That'd be impressive if let's they could. Let's get up 2 to nothing, maybe 3 to nothing. Just go, and then a Final Four would be on the horizon then for yes, the following week, right? It would. That'd North be Carolina. Nice. That'd be very nice. So, awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening very much. Uh, like I said, we're here at Impact Sports, here at Impact 89 FM, here at Michigan State University. I'm Dan Cryer. That's Brooks Lambeer. And, you know, we, we're almost fully through a full college football season, and I, I can't believe it went so fast. So. Yes. Yes, mahalo and aloha. Yep, yep. Hello, goodbye, thank you, and everything. So you guys take care, and we'll see you next week.